Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about how to turn your difficult client into your ideal client. There are so many times I look back and think of problem clients that I had. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You can always say, well, gosh, if I had done it this way or if I'd done it that way. And especially in our setting where, you know, we're approaching people essentially sort of like cold, cold calling someone. So as a designer, a lot of designers out there um, work at like Ethan Allen or Thomasville. And it's a great place to start, first of all. That is how I got my start was working at a store like this that offered complimentary interior design. Me too. <laughs> Same as Nadia. Um but, but it is kind of a different situation because every person that walks in the door is essentially like a cold call. And I know some people get up, you know, frustrated that they have to be bothered. In the retail world, it's called ups. It's your up. Um, but I always sort of looked at it as every, every customer that walked in the door was an opportunity. It was It was almost like fishing. Like I never knew who was going to be the coolest client or have the biggest budget. But I was always excited to find out. And so I learned really early that the way you approach someone, the way you talk to them, the way you sort of set up the whole relationship as a designer and client, um, it starts from the very beginning. And it seems kind of simple to say, kill them with kindness, but that really is the number one way, right? To to turn someone around. Um, it's, It's also about like eye contact, right? And it's, it's the little things. It's the stuff you don't expect, but it's, it's connecting with someone. So that at the end of the day, whether you work in a store or you're an independent designer, and we've talked about this, you have to have a connection with that person. They have to look at you as a person. They have to look at you as a human, someone that's there to help and not, you know, a personal shopper or someone that they can take advantage of or, you know, and, and that's, or a salesperson. And that's where that fine line comes in. You know, whether you're in a store or you're independent, you know, approach every client from the beginning with, uh, you know, obviously a smile on your face. Even when you're on the phone, they say smile when you're talking on the phone and it makes you sound happier or more approachable. Being really upfront, like, you know, the first time you talk on the phone with a new client and they're asking you how much you charge. Even then, I don't. A, I don't give out my prices, and I've always said that, because you don't know what the project is. But you have to put that in a nice way. Say, well, you know, when you're working with design clients, there are different needs. There's different levels that you want to be involved. There's different scopes of projects. And it really helps me as a designer to come see the space and to see what we're working on. See, that's just kind of a nice way to start things off. But it's also, um, it, it's transparent, I'm, I'm giving them information. I'm letting them know that I take the relationship seriously, that I, I want to make sure that we're the right fit, that the product is right, and that I care about them. If you just spit out prices, again, then they can compare you to another designer. It's all, you know, you're a commodity then. It's, it's, but it's not. It's, it's not apples to apples. You are going to set yourself apart, again, by being nice and understanding. And um, so in talking about turning, you know, let's say you've been you've done that from the beginning and somehow the project starts veering off. (laughs) And this is kind of what, what brought it up the other day. Um, You know, all of a sudden you're really excited and you're thinking, great, I've got this new client. They've got this big budget. And three weeks later, you're cursing them. 
your name and you, you can't stand it. You don't want to work with them. How do I get out of this? But, but you've got to, you've got to look at the whole process from their eyes, right? And so it helps to kind of step back and evaluate. All right. Where did this start? Where did the wheels start to fall off? Where did this start to go awry? Was it they start calling you all of a sudden and nagging you? Well, that means you haven't communicated well enough or you didn't set the precedent at the beginning of this is how we work. That's a really good point. So you step back and you look at it and say, okay, this is the annoying thing they're doing. Why are they doing it? How can I change? Um, the other thing, you know, they'll start asking about pricing, asking about pricing or shopping you. That's a nightmare. Oh, mm -hmm. nothing worse than yeah. a design client that shops you. But from the beginning, you know, what, again, where, where did it start to shift? You know, you, you thought you did it right at the beginning. You have your chat when you're sitting down and you're establishing your relationship and you're, you're telling them what to expect. But at some point they get it in their head that they need to be doing your job for you. I mean, that's really what that comes down to. So I found in the past, it's either they love interior design so much. Like if it's a housewife, usually, honestly, it's someone that loves HGTV and loves the design themselves and is getting so excited with the process that they want to be more involved. Or it's someone that's really a cheapskate and didn't tell you up front how serious they were with their budget. You know, they might say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've got this amount to spend. But really, that's like they're maxed and it's hard for them to spend it or they don't like to spend big chunks of money. Um, it can also be they feel like you haven't been engaged enough or you you haven't gotten through to them the difference between a personal shopper and what a designer really does. So again, if you, if you see that that's starting to happen, and I get on Nadia's case about this all the time, the best piece of advice, do not text them. Do not email them. If your client is starting to slip into that nightmare client, you don't want to cut ties and say, forget it, I don't want to work with them because you've already established a relationship. You already have a commitment and you have a contract signed. Hopefully you've already received a deposit. If you break that relationship now in a terrible way, you're going to end up getting bad reviews. You're going to, you know, they always say that a happy customer will tell one person and an unhappy customer tells 10. You never want to be in that position. So, You've got to get on the phone or see them in person. And I know it's hard in today's environment. We're so used to just texting really quick or emailing. But think about that in our society as a whole, right? What are complaints that young people have or, you know, even people my age, that there's not a connection anymore, that, that people can hide behind their computer screens and they can email something and they have more courage and more confidence. They can be nasty. They can be mean. They can, but it's all because they're hiding behind a screen and they've taken out the human aspect. You've taken out all inflection in your voice. You've taken out the empathy. You can hear empathy in someone's voice. You can't hear that in an email. If you say, I'm sorry that you're upset, blah, blah, blah. They could be reading it as you being snarky and saying, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's not how you meant it. Mm -hmm. But you'll never find that out. 
You'll never know. They'll just be pissed and want to start working, stop working with you. You have to, to talk to the person. So let's say, um, you know, going back to the examples that it's someone that's calling you too much, right? And, and, um, micromanaging. I usually sit them down or on a phone call and say, you know, I have to be honest. I'm kind of getting a feeling that, you know, the reason you're calling a lot and you're checking on things, maybe I haven't been really good at communicating and I apologize for that. Should we set up a weekly check-in list or um, something where, you know, each week I'm writing down the things that I've worked on and the things that I've um, found so you can get a progress report? You know, approach it like that where you're coming up with a solution you, and it's kind of like the sales techniques that I teach, the feel felt found. I feel like there's a disconnect here. I feel like you're not happy with the way things are going. I understand that. I too have felt that way. And I've had other customers uh, or other clients that, that maybe didn't feel like I was communicating well enough. And I apologize for that. Not my strong point, but I'm working on it. And I have this little checklist that I, with that client, I found that a weekly checklist that was a progress updater, that was a great way for us to communicate. Do you think that would would help? But so you can't do that in an email or a text. They have to hear your sincerity. They have to know that you truly, with your heart, want this to work and you want them to be happy. If it's someone that's shopping you, there were numerous different ways that I've turned that around. Um, again, if it's the person that loves to be a designer or wants to be a designer or wishes they were, again, having a conversation and say, you know, Susie, I know you're really excited, but you've got to understand, you know, being a designer is, this is a, a an in-depth career. There's a lot that goes into it. There's so many moving parts in a design and when I'm working on a design, I'm thinking not just about the sofa we're looking for, but I'm thinking about the carpet color, the wall color, the light that comes in, the direction of your windows. I'm thinking about the flooring, the durability, and list off things that she wouldn't think of. Mm-hmm. You know, she just said, oh, this is pretty. Yep. Or, oh, this is cheap. Mm-hmm. But but circle back and explain, you know, as a designer, I take all of these things into consideration. And I understand it's really exciting. But it starts to get to the point where I'll create a design that I know is right for you. And then I might have to redesign. If you've found something because you've been shopping on your own, and it's not the direction that I've been going, it might be one great piece, but it could completely throw off all those other puzzle pieces that I've been putting together so painstakingly. So if you want to be involved, let's. I'll, I'll tell you the parts that I would love your, um, you know, your intake or your input on. You know, there's wallpaper that we've got to pick for your bathroom. And gosh, there's a million wallpapers. And so there's no perfect answer. There are going to be beautiful wallpapers. So why don't you come look with me and, um, you know, we'll go through some of these books and then you can pick out your favorite. But see how you've you've taken that situation. And she might not even know why she's doing it. She might not know that she's making you mad Mm -hmm. or that what she's doing really makes you hate her guts. (laughs) But it gets her involved in, in some way. And I did, the reason I know that works is I did that with a client and two hours in to looking at stinky wallpaper books, she was so over it. Her eyes were glazed over and that's not what she wanted to do. She's like, you know what? You're right. I don't want to do this. You go through all these thousand books, pick out 10 that I like and then show them to me. And I was thrilled. You betcha. She never asked again. She never got involved again. 
But sometimes they have to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to understand what it is we do. And it isn't just picking out something because it's pretty, right? Um, now, if there's someone that that it's because they're finding stuff cheaper other places, and which, you know, Nadia's dealt with that. And that's that's a struggle. That's really hard, yeah. especially these days. And with that, it's the same kind of tactic where I'll approach it from sort of explaining what a designer does again. And in a way that, you know, you're you're explaining that, yeah, you can search and search and search and always find something a little bit cheaper here and there. But at the end of the day, it's the design that is important. And it's all those puzzle pieces, all those moving parts that I've thought about and created for you. And that has a value. You know, that in itself is something that it doesn't matter if you saw, you know, saw it cheaper for 20 bucks. You're not paying me to scour for the cheapest piece. I'm very conscientious of of pricing. I always look and see if I can find a better price and what's the best value. But at the end of the day, I I can't spend 30 hours trying to find the cheapest piece. That's not what this is about. You're, you're purchasing the entire design. You've hired me because you want my help. And if you're constantly second guessing that and bringing things up that, you know, I get it, you want to save money and I am doing my best. And I'll let you know every time I found something that's a great deal and I'm going to work really hard to find you great deals. But at the end of the day, if you're going to keep shopping and looking for cheaper prices, it starts to make me feel like you don't really want a designer. You kind of just want a personal shopper. So, I mean, I get it, but I'm being honest. You know, I want to reevaluate kind of how we work together. But once you start that dialogue, again, you couldn't do any of that in an email or a text. And that same client that (laughs) was your problem that shopped, when I spoke to her on the phone because she was upset, she said in the email, which I read your email and it was well written, but again, it was an email. And she had read completely a a different, um, there was (laughs) so off from what you meant by the email. To her, it was insulting, but that's because she wasn't reading it in her head the same way. Mm-hmm. And I know you weren't trying to do something insulting, but to her it was because she just read it. So always remember again, it's about connection. Being a designer is not shopping for like for clothes. That's just how you look. A designer is is creating a home for you. It's something you live on. You're going to wear out. You're going to, you know, you don't want um, a bed that someone's going to bump into and they're going to hit their knee every night and they're going to think of you and, oh, that cursing designer. You think of these things. That's what being a designer is. And it's personal. You know, I think more of this is a bed that is <laughs> kind of creepy. I know, but, you know, it's a newlywed couple. They're going to make babies in this bed. They're going to have their life, you know, to live their life in this room. I take it very personally. And because it's a personal relationship, you've got to keep it that way. That's also how you get them to stop shopping you. You know, if you have a really good relationship with your client, you make one little comment like, hey, quit shopping, go relax, you know, go lay on the beach or read a book. You're not, that's why you hired me. Remember, let me wade through all this stuff. I'm working hard. I'm going to find the best price. I know the budget we've set and I'm going to stay in your budget and your room's going to be amazing. But come on, let me do my job. You go, go read a book. Go spend time with your husband. Go spend time with your kids. I mean, you can kind of play around with it. 
but you you have to have that personal connection and, and remind them, you know, this is your home and I'm creating a space for you and your family. You know, using those words, that brings up emotion in them and they, they start to get it, right? Yeah. And I, I've seen that a lot with my clients and my favorite two clients, that connection that I just recommend something and she never questions mm -hmm. it. She says, okay, even if, if it's the higher part of our like budget, mm -hmm. she doesn't question it. She's like, if that, if you feel like that's going to be the wow, like, mm -hmm. I'm willing to spend it. Whatever you think, whatever you want or say, just send it to me. I'll do it, which is shocking because, and this is like my, my sixth room with her mm -hmm. or even my other favorite clients, whatever I say just goes. I'm like, Hey, I know, you know, you're very budget conscious. This is at the top of the budget. I have another option. They're like, nope, we love it. Just send us the invoice. But it took yeah. me getting there. So like every time you say this, um, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, you know, I get it, I get it. But when you truly see it live out through your clients, it's like, okay, you're actually so right. It totally works. And even all those awful, awful conversations on the phone that are just so comfortable and I'm so non-confrontational. And like, it does change a lot of things. And then I feel like most people who do have like etiquette and respect, they're not gonna just, um, throw you aside to your face as they would in an email, mm -hmm. even though some obviously still can, but for the most part, you know? Yeah. It, it's, you've got to talk to them more like a friend. I mean, it's a professional friend. Oh, they right? see me as a family now. These yes. clients. It's oh, so yeah. funny. I know. I've always said that and people didn't really get it until you're doing yeah. it. Like I get Christmas cards from clients still. I got one yesterday. Um, thank you, Amy. <laughs> they give you stuff too. It's so sweet. I know. Um, it, it is. It, this is. That's one of the joys of being a designer is you get this opportunity to connect with other humans, which we're so lacking yeah. in today's world, right? With internet and everything else. Um, it, it's. I think it's an honor, right? To be involved in someone's family and to be a part of them. The kids know you, right? Oh and the kids love when you're like, is here they all think i'm their friend too it's so exactly sweet. And, and they would never think to, to yeah go behind your back or to you know be, because they they can hear your sincerity in your voice and you've you've really gotten across to them that you're listening and you care um with budget people and this was something we had an unhappy customer last week um and i know it's because they were they gave us a budget and the designer that was working on it just sort of spent the budget, but didn't think everything through. Didn't have, you know, didn't leave money for art or accessories, didn't leave money for installations, didn't leave. And the client was kind of mad at the end. Like you didn't even think about me. You just wanted to sell me stuff. And that is so not the way that I teach or the way that I would expect designers to do. So, you know, if someone gives you a budget, I always, whether they're frugal or not, everyone likes to save something. It doesn't matter how much money they have. So if I'm presenting the design, um, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll explain, I mean, I explain everything and I go through and tell them why I chose that piece. But there are lots of times where I'll say, now, you know, I know that, you know, these chairs you really wanted, they're so beautiful and ab they're in stock. Yay. We, you know, we get them. And I know that was kind of a stretch because they're more of a luxury item, but they're just going to be stunning. But look at this, you know, I don't know, clock that I found or piece of art. It's such a great value and it's beautiful. It's going to, you know, fit into this. But, but so you're showing them where you have thought about money. Yeah. You have considered their budget. You have taken that into consideration. You didn't have to tell them at the beginning, I'm going to do this, but you did it. 
Mm-hmm. And they start to see that. There's a lot of subconscious stuff that goes on. Yeah. Um, vibes you give off that you don't realize you're giving off. And it can turn a great client into a crappy client just like that. Yeah. I, and one of my favorite clients um, that love me so much, I was actually under budget on two of their rooms. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened. Um, and the, even though wife was so shocked, so that on this last room, they didn't necessarily have like a, a strict budget, just something to want to stay around. And I let them know when I was kind of picking higher items when I always give them a lesser option, but we were like $7,000 over and they didn't even blink. They're like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's why I kind of stayed on the other room so we can splurge on this one and just mm-hmm. so happened. But because of that trust, they're like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. I even yeah, forgot exactly. to add some things in the invoice that, you know, brought it again a little bit higher. They're just, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. They weren't like, oh my gosh, we're over. How could you forget? Like no problem. And it's just establishing that. And it's just, it's so true how we live out what you teach. And I see it every day and I'm like, oh, it's working. She was right. Turn it. <laughs> yeah. No, I've just been doing this a long yeah. time. And, I, and it does help that I've worked with clients, you know, so, gosh, since I was 20 years old and I'm 50 now. I mean, that's a long time. And I've seen people and worked with clients from all over the country, yeah, all over the world. Different demographics. Absolutely. So, and I love humans. I love human nature. I love sociology. So I love to analyze people. Why did they do what they do? Why did they make that decision? Why are they acting like that? So it's helped me to kind of um, step back again and look at relationships and look at you know our projects and the clients from a different perspective. And you know why is that person lashing out now when they were so nice before? You know, it, it, honest to God, it could be just a bad day they're having. They could get in a fight with their spouse. You know, right now tensions are high around the world. It could be you know something stressful. They could have, you know, you just never know. So and when you have a bad client or a client, you know, there's no such thing as a, well, there's, th- you know, trust me, there are bad clients. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you see that a relationship is slipping and, and starting to go off the rails, just take a deep breath, step back, have some clarity and start to see where did it start to change? Where did the behavior that you don't like, where did, when did that start to happen? Yeah. And I think also, watching you um just for the past year and a half on one of my very first difficult clients that we've kind of always touched on here mm-hmm. and there um you and i um especially me just because i was like scared and it's not necessarily like my business but anyways um we just always been sweet and just listen to her vent mm-hmm. and and i always told you like she did have reason to vent because of other things that were going on but we had salvaged that relationship so much because i was literally on the phone with her multiple times a week Mm-hmm. And just walking her through everything and that looking back and seeing other clients that we've kind of had issues with, if that wasn't the case, it would have just been like horrible. Mm-hmm. But it's so true. Just holding her hand through it, being really sweet, killing her with kindness that we still even text and I still like think of her and kind of yeah. weirdly miss her, you know? Did you send um, her a Christmas card? Should oh, I? Yes. Send her a Christmas card. Okay. Well, oh, I have an <laughs> extra one. Um, just <laughs> things like that. Like it just, it truly, truly matters. And you would think, okay, yeah, duh, common sense. Okay, connection, yeah. But I have clients that I don't have the strongest connection with that I'm Mm -hmm. working on. Because some people are just different. Yeah. Um, Everything's off. I can just sense it. I can feel it. I'm nervous AF. Like, it's just, it's weird. And then some that are so incredible, like the doors that open with them are like incredible. Mm -hmm. It it truly makes a difference that they're always like, my name always comes up. They want to adopt me. I'm like, please, when's Christmas (laughs) dinner? When do I come over? Um, but it does yeah. really work. So I just want to encourage you guys to really, um, live that out and 
yeah. take that into consideration. Because nowadays with society, it's becoming rare having a really good connection and in person and I'll yes. always never use emails or texts. Yeah. I know it's hard. I mean, it's it sucks. very hard. I no literally have to have a post-it with my talking points because I get so flustered and scared. Like what I want to cover, how I'm going to say it. If I have to, I will practice with her. Like if it's that uh-huh. bad and I've had him be that bad, um, whatever it takes. Even if I stumble, I'm just like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call back. Um, just yeah. to get and it be, through. Be very aware of the words you're using. Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, we talk about that all the time. How you say something, you know, which I'm like, the queen of saying it wrong. <laughs> well, so here's another example. Um, Sandeep and I were working together. Um, you know, he's a designer that's in, and I've talked about him a lot in San Francisco and just amazing designer. Uh, but his first client that he, he was, he was so upset by and he was ready to get rid of them. That's why he reached out to me and said, you know, I need coaching. And I said, well, why, you know, what do you need coaching for? You will have a TV show. You, you know, these designs are beautiful. And, but it was, it was these, the clients that were second guessing or with him, he was ordering things one at a time and it'd get in the house by itself and then she didn't like it and she'd want to return everything. Well, it's okay because he happened to be buying from stores where he could return it. But when you're doing custom furniture as a designer, you don't get to return it. That's a luxury. And he was kind of getting to that point where he was going to have to get more of the big ticket items. And it was, and he was just tired of it because you're redesigning every time. And so I noticed that uh, that she had she had in her mind a she was pregnant and was at the end she was the third, third trimester and I had to explain to him you have to understand she's nesting in her mind she's hormonal she's nervous about having a new baby she's nervous about going through remodeling in the middle of having a baby there's so many emotions so first of all you know understand that but she feels like she needs to be in control. Somehow she's she feels more power by um, by having a say and returning those things. But it was really that she was indecisive, that she didn't, she felt out of control. And so I kind of coached him through where he got control of the project again. He put her mind at ease and said, listen, go enjoy this time with your husband. You're not gonna have sleep for, for much longer. You know." Let me do this. I've got this. Let me take take control. And so every time he'd present a design, he quit asking. It was just a thing he kept saying, what do you think of this? I found this sofa. What do you think of this? And it started, well, it was instant to me. I was like, no, you've just given her the power. You've just told her, I don't have confidence in myself. You better decide. It's not about whether she's going to like what you choose or not. You gave her the power. So take it back. Find the design that you know she's going to love and present it to her and walk her through and say, look at this amazing sofa. Isn't it gorgeous? Look how the blue in these pillows is going to pull out that art that you have. And then the rug that goes with it's going to tie everything together and it's going to make this conversation area so that when you get a chance without the baby, you and your husband you and your husband can reconnect and you can sit in here and you can, but, but see how you've, you've taken it back as a designer, you've taken control and you've put their mind at ease and she loved it. She stopped returning stuff. He finished the house. It was gorgeous. And it just snowballed. He ended up doing more projects. Yeah. These little keywords really work. (laughs) And every time I run to Chelsea with the problem, the minute I just change those words, it like everything instantly changes. And it's kind of shocking because it's just kind of, 
something so little or such kind of common sense. But the tone you say it, it's like it's really, it truly means like whether you have control or not. And mm -hmm. that's something I like highly, highly recommend um, to really work on or listen to you. Yeah. Well, I always say Chelsea's always right. Whatever she says goes. Please. Yeah. Paula says, what would Chelsea say? Yeah. <gasps> I love that. No, I just, I, I just, I think it's been a perfect uh, combination that I want to help. I have this knowledge. Yeah. And um, I focused on the human side of it more, I think, all yeah. these years. And that's what'll make or break a project, you know? And in, a, in the design world, mistakes truly are expensive. Oh, yeah. Financially, emotionally, like. <laughs> and they're going to happen. Yeah. Every project will yeah. have a mistake. Every project. And so it's just being prepared and knowing how to pivot. And oh my God, this week, <gasps> I had, I think, the worst day of my career as a designer <gasps> ever. And in hindsight, the next day wasn't as bad, but I. I swear it was worse than childbirth. The amount of stress <laughs> I was in, I'm just like, Chelsea, just tell me what to do. I cannot go back there. Tell me what to do. And it ended up being just a simple, in a way, fix. And yes, I was thrown off. And even though I can really fake it, I, I just did not know what the heck to do in that moment. Yeah. And it literally panicked. Chelsea coaching me and whatnot. And looking back, you know, I should have done it and, you know, really played it off well. And I thought I did, but... Oh, it was just a nightmare. But again, it's how you come off. You'd never show your client. You just walk away. You figure out a game plan. Yeah. You know what? Don't let them see a sweat. Yeah. Because they're already panicking enough and they've put all their trust and their money in you. Yeah. You never let them see you freak out. So you, I just told her, you know yeah. what? This is something we had unforeseen. Let me go back. I'm going to solve it. Don't you worry. I'll take care of yeah. it. I will make this like, we'll make this appointment tomorrow. Let me take these yeah. back. Um, we'll find a solution. And we went back and it wasn't a simple fix. Yeah. And we just had to move the drapery pins. <laughs> it, it was, a, it wasn't your fault. It, it was a, you but know, in that moment I was like, oh my God, was it my fault? Like whose fault is it? I can't, it was kind of essentially the clients, but you don't say that. And it's mm -hmm. just, Oh my God, it was horrible. But at the end of the day, we made it beautiful. We went yeah. above and beyond. I mean, we showed them we were steaming them and pressing them and we explained things to them and then <laughs> really took our time even after it was finished. We stayed for another 20 minutes and just talked about the house and connected and asked them about their life and about their holiday plans and re reestablished that connection and that relationship. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they loved yeah. it. And they, it, as we left, they said, we really do love everything we've gotten from you guys. We're just God. so happy. So, um, but, but again, your first instinct was, I'm just going to email her or text her. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's reconnect. I had to, as a human, go back to the house and I had to turn around and left to grab something else. I was like, God, I have to go back in person and fix this. Yep. And oh my God, I almost laid a devil in walking up to the house. But, <laughs> but, and especially these days, that's going to set you apart as a designer. Yeah. Be connected and empathetic and connect to them as a human. I mean, that's, it's simple as that. And it's hard. It's the hardest way, to, you know, it's, it's, it's a simple solution, but it's hard. You've got to swallow your pride. A lot of times you've got to just suck it up and, and apologize or, you know, admit that something went wrong, but you've had, you have a solution, right? I always say never call them with a problem unless yes. you've already figured out the solution. That's a big difference. So with that being said, there's no such thing as a bad client. <laughs> no, there, there are people out there that will still uh, take advantage of you, but it usually comes down to they're miserable people and they're unhappy in their own lives. Um, and I I pray that you never have to, to uh, work with one of those clients. But mm -hmm. if you take my other advice, if you've started out well and the, the person was great at the beginning and then things start to slide, take a breath, step back and, and try to reconnect. Yeah. 
Thank you everyone so much. And this is our 30th episode. Holy moly, 30 of these, Nadia. Um, I I can't believe that. I know. Nadia's leaving next week. She's moving to Idaho, but she'll still be on some of these remotely. Um, Yes. But thank you, everyone. And please make comments wherever you can. Like us. uh, Go to the YouTube channel. Go to our Instagram. Go to our Facebook. And just keep connecting with me. I love it. Um, Tess is my assistant and she answers everyone back and um, she she always reads all the emails to me. I'm hearing them. Um, you know, I respond to everyone that I can. And so I really just uh, want to thank everyone. It's for the it's the holiday season and I'm feeling joyous and we're going to go have our star Christmas party. I know. Yay. Thank you, everyone. Happy designing. Thank you. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.